Welcome to SEO Link Building with Julian Goldie, a podcast about getting your website to rank higher on Google so you can get more traffic, leads, and sales, all from SEO Link Building. Now, here's your host, Julian Goldie. What's up, guys? Today, I'm interviewing Charles Flo, an award-winning SEO blogger and black hat marketing specialist. And today, we'll be talking about how to scale link building outreach optimizations, the best ways to build an SEO team, and how he grew his SEO agency to $250,000 in revenue per month in just two years. So let's get straight into the interview. How's it going, Charles? It's going very well, thank you. And uh, thank you for having me as well. No worries. So, I mean, you had your own uh, link building agency previously, right? Yeah, I've actually had two agencies now. So I had an SEO agency um, which I started in 2011, I think, 2010. Yeah. Um, and then I sold that in 2016. And then I started a link building agency in 2017, which I sold in 2019. Um, so yeah, I, so my link building agency originally was called DFY Links. It's now Get Me Links under, I sold to Gary, who he's now sold it as well, because Gary's actually exited the SEO scene, which is crazy um but yeah so yeah I've, I've had a couple agencies going now but I, I don't have any left thank god I don't deal with clients anymore you you had enough for client work <laughs> for a lifetime <laughs> trust me it is I mean it is difficult yeah especially as you're scaling I mean like if you're the, the uh, you were selling like more lower ticket as well right so you would you would sell like a, a link here a link there which meant that the number of customers you had was way higher right is that correct well so so the so most of the new customers would be coming on board and we'd get probably you know 40 to fifty thousand dollars a month of new customers and they'd be buying individual links or smaller numbers of links you know generally link packages as well were, were a big hit um in general probably only a, a few percent of the orders per month were one link because generally people are, are, are they're only doing it to test the service and mm. then they'll buy more, they commit to more, that kind of thing. Um, or they're just like local agencies that literally just need one link. Just one, like we that. just need one like, link. Yeah. It's a missing need, link. The one link, like, yeah, the, the competitors have got four referring domains. So, you know, <laughs> we might actually only need one link here. So, yeah, so we, we, we have deal with that. But generally, um, I try to onboard bigger affiliate uh, clients and a lot of agencies would just buy with us in general um, but I didn't really try and onboard as many agencies specifically because they needed more help than the affiliate guys who already had like all their systems and everything planned out and stuff and were just ready to kind of print uh give you like a spreadsheet and just you go and print their links for you basically whereas the agency guys would often want you to help them with the architects mm. help you with the you know, all the placements nice. all this kind of extra stuff exactly whereas a lot of the affiliates had people in place for them to already do that um, so that was more beneficial way, whereas I saw, saw it more beneficial to go after the really big affiliate guys. And a lot of the time where with the uh, high ticket affiliate sites, they're happy to spend $500, $1,000, $2,000 per link. Like it's actually wow. really, yeah. really crazy because the, the ROI on some of the commissions and some of that kind of stuff is absolutely insane. You know, you're talking $5,000 plus on some of the commissions for the high ticket affiliate these days. So it's a no brainer. If they spend money on links, they get more traffic, they make more commissions. Exactly. Logic is there. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, like, so you've already sold two agencies so far. How did you get into SEO originally? Yeah, so I got into SEO originally um, 
because I was just on the computer anyway. So I used to, when I was a, when I was a, a kid, so I'm talking like when I was like 10 or 11, I yeah. used to do national. The world's Olympics. youngest SEO. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> But like I, I was, I was competing at the national level for sprinting in the UK, mm. um, and I used to be really, really fast. I was like eleven. I could, I could, uh, I could run uh, hundred meters in under twelve seconds when I was eleven, which is really fucking fast. Yeah. Um, and I used to, but I then ended up ripping my tendon and my ligament in my leg when I really badly twisted my um, ankle, my leg on, on an injury once. And I was in the hospital for like six months. Well, I wasn't in the hospital for six months. I was in the hospital for like a week. And then I was in, in and out of hospital doing like physio and stuff for like six months. And I, re- I didn't actually go to school really. I kind of just blagged it off and just didn't really go to school, you know, because I didn't really like school anyway. Um, and so I just sat, sat at home on my computer for six months, basically, like, and, and in the hospital, so like on hospital visits and stuff on my laptop and things for ages. Um, so I got into like video games, computing and eventually got into like hacking and stuff and like things and then my mom just saw that I was really good with computers um, and that I was really good with technology and stuff so then she had just built a new website for her business and the website agency that she was using were trying to rip her off and they were trying to basically charge her like six or eight thousand pounds a month for SEO and this you know you're talking about 2004 2005 yeah like this that's insane money from back in those days when it used to literally be like the x-rema days of like you spam some russian link software you'd be number one it's mental um so yeah she, when she said look i can't afford that that's like the, the wages for three employees full-time for my business and we don't have three employees yet can you take a look at it you know here's 500 quid kind of thing they been a pocket money yeah yeah exactly um and i just i, I was like wow 500 pounds like <laughs> um, i've been trusted with that much damn okay so for the I was, record so i really yeah i used i used to get a quid a week pocket money so that that's big you're talking big numbers <laughs> exactly. then yeah. exactly you are talking big, big money especially when i was 12 like, i was like i've never seen that kind of money before, you know? so i was like that so, so I, uh, so I was really frugal with the spending of it. So I was not really, I didn't really spend much of it the first month. I was just uh, re- researching and kind of like figuring out what I was doing. And a lot of people on, online said, you know, you can really mess things up if you do this and you can do this. And there's a lot of conflicting opinions. So I was really confused on what to do. So I luckily randomly stumbled across this um, thread in a gaming forum that I was on. And it was actually like a gaming hacking forum, like for like cheat codes. And, and it was back in the days, like Nintendo uh, DS. And I was on that, there was, there was a marketplace and they were selling backlinks <clears throat> on this marketplace. So I thought, okay, let's, let's buy their biggest package. And the biggest package was like $75 or something, you know, <laughs> on this site. And so I, I bought uh, this package and the guy DM'd me on Skype because I put my Skype username in the form. And he said, dude, like you're the first person that's ever just straight away bought that big package, you know, like who, <laughs> no messing who, who around. are you, Mr. Like, yeah, Mr. Big Spender over here, this <laughs> thing. Um, and it turned out that the guy behind the screen was like this 15-year-old kid <laughs> called Todd Foster, who is now he, he now runs uh, Casio and Merge Media, which is like Canada's second biggest digital marketing agency or something. Um, so I was really lucky in the fact that I managed to meet this guy kind of before he'd be blown up to this level but he'd mm. already kind of learned a lot of things so he became my mentor and I owe a lot of my a lot of my knowledge and stuff to Todd and all of my own data top um and he gave me a lot of information gave me access to software tools all of this stuff and we started building niche ad sites 
Um, whilst I was also working on my mom's website, and I, over the course of kind of a year, I managed to get my mom, and you'll probably know them. I, I outranked DFS in the UK yeah. on my mom's DFS. website. Wow. Yeah, when I exactly, I mean, yeah. So I outranked them for like some big keywords when I was twelve with like five hundred pounds, right? So my mom was super happy. Her business was growing, like the website was smashing it. You know, she she was previously selling the most on eBay, and then the website just like ten x eBay off the roof kind of thing. Um, this, I mean, these are like companies with insane budgets as well, right? That you're competing with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive, massive budgets. Um, but obviously, I still didn't really know what I was doing. So eventually, that domain got burned. Like, my mom's <clears> domain got burned. So we had to... But at that point, we'd kind of built the business up to the, to the point where the website was one of the least channels anyway. And we'd started being transitioning more to other revenues, Amazon and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, and because they started just growing up and blowing up and things and scale... Uh, so I started transitioning more away from working with the family business and more towards working with like my own agencies and my own affiliate sites and that kind of stuff. I dropped out of high school at 15 to go and work on my own kind of stuff. I, I say wow. dropped out. I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a, a mixture of, of like hardly any attendance. Basically. I, had a, I had a 17% attendance of course at school. Not the best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because I just want to sit because like literally I'd be going into school and like I'd have just made like an I just did a yeah. deal for a new site or I'd sold an ad set site with Todd or I'd done something like that for like 10 grand or 15 grand or something like that and I'd just be able to buy a brand new gaming laptop like you know the monitor the whole lot and my teachers were like you know how are you making this you money make, so you're making like, more like, money yeah. than your teachers at that age <laughs> exactly so I was like this yeah. is pointless and I was and I was doing business studies in high school you know like G, uh, what's it called GCSE business studies, yeah, yeah, and um, which is not the most and, practical thing in the world, right? Like, no, and like the, the teachers were fair enough; they were little old lovely ladies, so I never gave yeah, them any hats or anything. But yeah. but they never ran a business; they had absolutely no clue on entrepreneurship or business management or anything. And they were the first task that I signed up to, or like the first task we, we were made to do, was make a website. And like, I was like, oh, do we get to make a website of our choosing? And they're like, no, you have to make a website in PowerPoint. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you, but you can't, wait, what? It's not so possible. I, I, was, I was like, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, this is done. Like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore, you know? So I, I went home and actually made my own website like, on the, in like WordPress or something and then went back the next day to school and showed them and they were like, uh, well, you're still failing, but whatever. That's, that's <laughs> They're pretty impressed by the, by the website, though, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so I just left school and, and kind of went into um, stuff. I got a job at 16 at an agency in Birmingham, where I went from, as like a junior SEO. But then I quickly became like the only SEO in the agency because it was a web design agency. And there was, there was previously another guy, but he became like the social media manager. And I was then full-time basically running all of these SEO campaigns at 16 and like having to go into client meetings at like Jaguar Land Rover and things like, you know what I mean? Which is just mental when I was 16 years old, you know what I mean? So I was just, this is, it was crazy, but it was a massive learning curve. Um, and because of all that pressure, I was speaking and also because I was kind of making a name for myself and I was going to like business meetings with the owner of the agency and I was going to all these kind of stuff. I went to a meeting, um, with Matthew Barbie, who is now the head of growth for HubSpot or something. Um, and because we just wanted to meet up because I'd seen his like Moz blog or something. He'd seen me blogging somewhere else. Um, and because we're in the same city, we thought we'd go to lunch. His yeah. boss then ended up offering me a job and who like competitors 
to my agency at the time and wow. I went back to my agency and was like look I'm going to leave to this place can I have my two weeks notice and they were like they were really angry that I kind of got to a meeting <laughs> they're just taking another shot um so they were like look you can just leave basically and I think that was a bad decision on their half because they just they let yeah. they allowed me to leave but like I didn't tell them anything about the, all the SEO campaigns that I was doing so they just had to pick up with no experience and no, and no left off or anything but then I oh wow I so there's no like no no offboarding yeah, yeah. just you know see you later no, like just yeah just see you later like you're crazy I, I walked into the office I told them like what's happening and it was like it was like 5 p.m already so they so I could see they were a bit angry and so I, I went home and then I came back the next day and I tried to log on my computer and the password was changed on the computer right and I'm like oh okay so this is how it's going to be it's one of those. <laughs> yeah so so I was like okay this is what's happening but then I went to this other agency worked with Matthew for a while and then I was like this this isn't really working out I can earn way more money on my own um and and I don't really like I have an authority complex <laughs> I definitely don't like working underneath somebody you know what I mean like I, I I like working with people I just don't like having somebody above me telling me what to do and things um, yeah so I, I really I know didn't like that yeah 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 that's so, it I so think I left and built my own business at 17 basically yeah ah it's so young to start a business. It's pretty good though. I mean, great experience. Like, yeah. it's, it, always, it just made me wonder, like, I think there's, whenever you start the business, like for me, I started when I was like 26, 25, 26, something like that. And uh, you always, always makes you wonder like, okay, what would have happened if I started like five years earlier or 10 years earlier, you know, where would I be at this point in time? So, yeah. but you, you literally, there was no messing around. Well, years, yeah, that's oh, yeah. it, that's it. <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah, and then um the like i mean so when you were building backlinks at the agency you sold you were you were building a pretty serious scale if you're selling like you know 40 50k a month of new customers and month. how did you design a system that supports that because fulfilling the order at the quality a client likes and is happy with and managing all the moving parts of a, an agency, the team, the processes, the systems, everything that's going on, putting out the fires all day. How did you design a, a system to build links at scale? Yeah, so I already knew that we had the outreach systems in place and we had the database, et cetera, in place for the contextual side of link building, right? So we can handle the guest posts, we can handle the link insertions, we can handle all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, e e even if we have to scale, all we have to do is add in new VAs, train them up over the three to six week kind of um, onboarding process. And then they'll be ready to go and they can handle, you know, 10K, 20K worth of work per, per one VA. Um, wow. So it was, it was pretty easy to just do that side of things. But I knew what was going to be really, really um, game changing is if we can supply the whole link package. So it's not just the contextual links, but it's yeah. building the citations for the local websites. It's doing press releases. It's doing social profiles. Um, and any kind of uh, pillow link on top of it, you know, PDM links, anything you can imagine that the A client might want. And then they can basically only come to you because they can get everything from you. But I knew that I knew that I, number one, didn't want to have to open all these services individually because it's going to dilute the service's quality. Because yeah. as soon as you open a brand new service without it being tested on, a, on that kind of a scale, the the quality just goes to shit straight away like it, it, yeah it i mean it's like, really yeah I, i'll be 100 percent honest like when we you know we launched the harrow link building service earlier last year and there was a lot of tweaking and testing involved that yeah. you know it's just like you 
every single week you have to make new improvements improve the system you get some feedback you put that into place and it's it's not like a it's not like you just launch a service and then it's ready to go right no not so many you also have a churn of employees and stuff that have all the stuff in their heads you have you got to get new people in and then train them up and there's all this time in between and stuff um so it it is a it is a bit of a hassle to be honest but so i knew that i couldn't create all of these new systems for the individual link types that i needed to do so I just, but I also knew that I look, I'm I'm friends with basically everybody else in link building. So I know everyone else in link building and everybody else in link building knows me. And I probably mm-hmm. ordered what I need off of the best vendor already. So if I already knew the best vendor for citations, I already knew it, right? I already knew the best vendor for this, I already knew the best vendor for that. So I just yeah, went yeah. to them and was like, hey, can I be a reseller for you? But I want exclusivity as a reseller, right? So nobody else can resell your wow. links only yeah, me yeah. and yourself obviously you can run your own business um but i get to be the exclusive one as well so that nobody no, number two nobody can then copy what i was doing right mm-hmm. um so i had all these agreements in place and it's, it started to work the own and it scaled like hell you know i think the first month we launched we did one hundred and ten thousand dollars in sales and then that's on that's average, not normal for a new business to launch <laughs> in the first month 110k i mean like yeah that that usually takes most agency owners, I know, particularly in SEO, that takes them two, three years sometimes to get to that level, if they ever do. Well, I, yeah, it, I'm not going to say that I didn't have stuff already in play before because I was already a, a fairly big name. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to say that because I'm not really a big name. You know, if you look at people like Brian Dean and Rand Fishman and stuff, those guys are like hundreds of thousands of subscribers and followers and things. On yeah, that yeah, massive audience. And they're, they're, yeah, yeah. Exactly, they're genuine influencers, right? They're, they're, they're doing that more from that side. I was just like fucking annoying people in the SEO community on forums and like blogging about black cat crap that I found. And do you know what I mean? Just unloading whatever yeah. I found at yeah. the time. And every new tactic I learned, I'd just share case studies and stuff. And, and so I built this audience um, from the ground up from that. So I already had an email list at the time when I launched it of like 10,000 or 15,000 or something. You know, my YouTube had a few thousand subscribers. Twitter had a few thousand. The main thing was I had a Facebook group that I'd launched called the Proper SEO Group, which had like, at the time, it had like 15 or 18,000 members. I think now it has like 40,000 or 45,000 or something. Um, so I was using that, those platforms mainly uh, as the way to gain attention because I, I didn't even use ads. Right? We were just selling so much because there was, there was no real competition that could provide, at the time anyway, that could provide the whole package, right? Like I said, that could provide all the links. Um, and uh, I had built this kind of trust with my audience of, you know, you can trust me because I know exactly what I'm talking about and I have certain systems and then made sure that if we're not supplying the link, that it's going to be the best quality anyway, because it's from the best quality vendor. So that's what I've always tried to, that's what I always try to strive towards. And that's why I think it succeeded so well. Um, yeah. And I think by the, towards the end, we were averaging like 200K, 250K a month, every month. So it was, that's awesome. it was really, really well. Yeah, that's so good. Like I mean, what what was the biggest struggle when you were running your agency? Well, you know what what was the the biggest challenges you were facing? Uh, to, to be fair, it was personal, right? Because I had health problems, so I, that yeah. was the number one thing, right? So like I had, um, it, I ran that I ran the link agency for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. and on the second going into the second year, I, I started to have um, really bad like health problems, and then to have end up having to have five surgeries, uh, three in Thailand, two in the UK. I was like flying back and forth. I was like on morphine as well, which is just 
boggles your mind and you don't really have uh, memory retention and stuff properly. So mm-hmm. I just kind of had these two months of being in like pain in hospitals and surgeries and uh, stuff so where I couldn't really focus on the business and stuff. Um, so that was probably, the, that was definitely the number one struggle personally, right? But in terms yeah. of the business, that would be more uh, relevant to to everybody else in general. The, the number one struggle was probably, for us anyway, it was just order management. It was when, because we were providing all of these links um, and because we had different vendors and different suppliers and we had different people coming back and forth, some vendors would have the links ready uh, three days later, you know? Some vendors yeah. would have links ready two weeks, three weeks later, but the guys put the same order there. And do you send the report one by one by one, or do you send it all together, which is probably what they want most of the time. And um, they don't want to be getting multiple emails with different spreadsheets and stuff. Right? They just want one big thing where they can easily. Open yeah. Save them time, make it easy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so it was, but also at the same time, people get frustrated that they were having to wait three weeks for all of the links to come and show. So it was getting to a bit of a, an, an issue where, um, also, some links, some orders did get mismanaged because it's just human error that some orders are going to be marked. Oh yeah, the whole thing's been done when actually only these suppliers have fulfilled it, right? Um, so mm-hmm. things like that would happen as well. Um, so it's just, it's very hard when you're dealing with so many moving pieces to keep track of everything properly, and you almost need like an automated system. And that was what I was working towards. I had like an in-house dev that was building an automated uh, management order management system, but it was like the amount of time and money I, I realized how much it was going to cost to build all of this with all the moving pieces and fitting in all the vendors and all the everything it was just it was probably Massive. going to be like a two hundred thousand pound two hundred fifty thousand pound project and like a year and a half of a, a full dev's time you know so it was yeah and that's it that's an in-house in the uk dev you know you're talking like ninety thousand pounds wow, a year wow. to have something yeah. like that proper proper so it's not um it's not the easiest of things to have but I think it's, I think what I learned in the, in the grand team of things is that you have to either just hyper-focus on the individual link and be the best provider of that link type in the world, or you have to be like a general agency and you have to have divisions to manage the individual link types. And they're, they're uh, all responsible for achieving that individual link type so that everything's kind of on time and it flows together. And you have to have that one big dashboard where they can all see it and stuff because otherwise it just gets mismanaged and people get angry and then it gets, you know, to shit stuff. So, and one bad customer will go after you a lot harder than 10 good customers will ever give you feedback for. Right. So it's, it's a lot easier. To handle yeah. It, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, see, see, to look at it from both angles, like when you're running a link building business, you really have to be totally focused on fulfilling what the client needs and wants and, and making sure they're happy at the end of the day, because like you say, if, if they're unhappy, they're going to tell 10, 20, hundred people about it at least. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's why we brought things into place, like account managers, weekly masterminds. Um, and just, we even have for link building, we have like three layers of approval now just to make sure the quality is, is as high as possible, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a tough job. Did you, I mean, like when you were building links, were you building link like for us we we still get a lot of free links from you know doing outreach um particularly with websites we have relationships with as well because we've been doing it for so long was it purely like paid links that you were doing or was it free links as well because of the scale you just have to pay right because if if you're getting a free link it's going to take 10x the amount of email email it's going to be a lot of back and forth 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So versus with a paid link, you can have it done in place within three emails, you know, so it makes the uh, VA's time a lot more efficient. And it's a lot harder to get a really, really good trained VA. Um, and that, that always places consistently good links that's always niche relevant, that always going to be really strong and powerful than it is um, to just try and get all these uh, people trying to get free links all the time and stuff. So I was mm. just like, look, we've got to scale, let's just pay for it. And also it allowed us to build a database. Um, so then if we know that, look, this site is $40, this site is $20, this site is $100, then we can easily go and place the links. Um, and then obviously that allows us to then very easily track the profit of, the, of each link as well. So we can yeah. always see how much we're going to make from the links on top of it. And as you're building that database up, you must have been sending like hundreds, if not thousands of emails to different websites to sort of contact them, find out how much links are going for, whether they actually place them, what the niche is like, that sort of thing, betting them. Yeah, I think we were selling, sending our peak 30,000 a day. <laughs> that's, that's insane i feel good about how many we send now then that's we're not that, we're not that bad we're using like same grid and that sort of thing to send it using your own yeah. smtp yeah yeah so we had to use multiple systems and stuff and use different things and then eventually well we came up with loads of sops and systems to not get email accounts burned and there's loads yeah. of ways you can try and get deliverability up and things like that. Um, but that's like a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a whole different rabbit hole, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Email deliverability is a, is a massive pain in the ass as well when you have to deal with it. Um, especially yeah. at, at, at big volumes as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just we, we mainly found it that it was all about how you worded emails, all about how you uh, worded subject lines more than anything, just to get those open rates um, even at our peak, we were still hitting 60, 70% open rates on our emails because we were getting over the course of 30 days or 31 days of sending them because we were sending um, the subject lines with literally like, look, we'll pay you $50 every month and stuff like that. That was the subject line in big capital letters. And it was from like a professional media agency because we'd make uh, fake media websites and fake PR websites and stuff. So we never actually came across as we were um, buying SEO or buying links. We always came across as we were buying a feature or an editorial or something like that. So it never came as it never came across as an SEO value. And we never really taught the websites that we were buying links from about link buying and about SEO and stuff like that, because that's when they actually understand the value and that's when the price starts to increase. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, once they start looking into it. I, yeah. That's the thing, because some websites, you know, we've seen it for years, even today, like you send an email asking for a backlink or something and they turn around and they're like, what is link? What is a backlink? Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. it something to do but with hyperlinks? You know, like they don't know. It, it's, it's also gotten to a point now where I think we've also, from the replies that we've gotten, if we do send an email that doesn't ask them for money, over 70% now ask us for money. <laughs> like, it's now <laughs> got into that situation, I think, where SEOs have actually done that much outreach that everybody, or not everybody, but most people now know that they can sell something on their website. And it, it doesn't matter if they, they, a lot of them think that it might be an ad, you know, a link might be an ad or like put yeah, it in yeah. a hyperlink, that's an ad or something like that. That's their mentality a lot of the time, but it's still kind of, it still works and it's still end the system. But we've seen the gradual progression of, like you said, is, is it still mostly paid for links? Since then, when I was running DFY, DFY <clears throat> about four or five years ago now, 
I'd say 30 to 40% of site owners would reply and ask for money. I, I'd say now it's way over 70%, literally. It's way it's over 70% from yeah, what we've done. Definitely. It's crazy. Like most websites now are asking for money if, if, to get a link. Like, yeah. It's, it's even gone to the point now where like the authority hacker guys who are like, we're never paying for links. You know, they said that for literally 10 years, I think. Like we're never paying for, you shouldn't pay for links for that. And they suddenly changed their tune at the end of last year because they're like, look, it's, it's getting to the point now where like we can't do outreach and like, yeah. it's just wasting emails and time because everybody wants us to pay them. So, so they, they gave in and, and they're now Black Hat. So. <laughs> <laughs> now Black Hat. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually listen. I remember seeing that podcast. I, I know they were hinting at it for months and then just one day they yeah. bit the bullet and they were like, right, we're going to start paying for links now. I don't understand yeah. it. Surprisingly, we do still manage to get a lot of free links. Um, yeah, but it's not if, easy. If you have and and if you... relationships and things, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. But it's 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 just getting to the point when, and I found especially from the pandemic, right, a lot of people were in kind of need of money. So mm. the last two years, it was a lot of people were reaching out. So I even had like people we'd uh, bought links off. They'd be emailing me back like, "Hey, do you need any more? Like, like <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I need some money. Like, you want to buy like, some more? Them, like, yeah." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was the last two years, especially, I saw a big rise in people uh, either just discounting the rates of links or just trying to get more link sales or people actively selling links more. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it helped it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, it probably made link building a bit more commercial. And then yeah. I think the other, in other ways, too, like, for example, if you're hiring a team for link building, all of a sudden there's an influx of people online working remotely um but at the yeah, same exactly. time I, yeah yeah because there's so many of them it's hard to filter through which ones have experience or which ones are talented versus uh you know yeah. before it's it's even more like the one I, I also saw it from the other side as well where a lot of niches that were really affected by the um by the pandemic as well were just like suddenly like going from 200 links to 10 links and things and stuff <laughs> to like Travel travel blogs that were like, you know, D at D sixty were like, oh, I'm never selling a link for below two hundred dollars. Now they're like on Fiverr. Do you know like it's insane? Like, that's very true, actually. That's a good point. Yeah. And you have your that's your link building assistant behind you? Oh uh, yeah, I've got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tired yeah. from all the link building. Um yeah. I think I remember one thing you mentioned about as well was getting WordPress logins from websites as well for link building. Is that something that's easy to do? It's, it's something we've not implemented our, our business, but like, you know, asking webmasters, okay, listen, we're going to buy links from you every single month. Do you mind if we just get a WordPress login, make the changes ourselves and streamline the process, save you time too? Yeah, so we, we just ended up doing plugins. We didn't end up doing logins or anything for people. So we just make it an uh, anonymous plugin, which basically anonymous just means that um, like the the URL string changes. There's no way to identify that the plugin is on the website. Um, not without you know some serious brute forcing or something anyway. Um, but yeah, so we just create a plugin which basically feed into our backend and it would load every page and then we could simply um, refresh every post and, and page on the site into Ahrefs or Majestic so that we can see the trust flow, DR, mm. DA, the whole lot. Um, and then we can just really simply go through and search all the text via the plugin searcher to see if there's any relevant text to insert link on the website. So that was what the, the kind of solution that I came up with was in the end was because I didn't want to, a lot of 
people just weren't happy with giving you their login details right for a website yeah understandably um, yeah yeah so especially if you're going to be just like randomly inserting links and stuff and they don't know when they're going to get paid and stuff so what it comes up with is they can on their back end when they see on their plugin dashboard they get to see how many links you placed where they are what they are and and they can even uh, approve or disapprove of them if they set that setting up so if they want to they can moderate their links they're going to be placed so that they can agree to have the link placed or not which is another nice setting but that, that plugin basically doesn't get used much anymore because i saw the link agency and stuff so i just use it to like place place my own occasional links to my affiliate sites every every couple of weeks or something and that's about it right. yeah, yeah, yeah all right let's yeah it's a good idea though i mean like how much yeah. when did you you hired someone to develop that plugin for you or so we had an in-house developer at dfy the entire time so i had an office in the uk and we had like 12 people in the office like a full-time designer manager uh, dev like the, the the guy that was in charge of the harrow stuff there's all sorts of different people and there's a content guy um and they were just kind of responsible for their own departments or their own people underneath them and their own vas and stuff like that um or just they're responsible for speaking to their own vendors but the in-house dev was the one that was working on all these projects so i just always had these ideas or projects or improvements or features or customers would give us ideas to improve certain aspects of things or even clients even that we were actually um buying links on the things that would they would give us improvement ideas and we'd just be continually improving but the problem was we didn't really have enough time or or people we should have had two or three devs but they're so expensive yeah. to have in housing yeah. stuff um that it's just become kind of pointless and i think that especially from the kind of time frame that we're doing it even if we were hiring like out, out outsourcing devs so we were hiring somebody from india or from the philippines or something like that we would still need somebody that was a really high level and those high level people are still asking for two and a half thousand dollars a month you know so and you need two of those underneath the guy in the uk who's so it ends up being a huge cost you know you're that's like two hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollars a year for your for your development side so it's it does add up very quickly um so yeah i just had the one dev kind of focusing on all these individual projects improvements that really allowed us to grow uh, all together whilst he was working on the main project to build the dashboard of things mm. so like just it just makes me curious how come you decided to have an office in the uk versus working remotely and building a remote team you know, yeah, I, I just so I, I, yeah. just imagining like all the the wages, the extra overheads in England, like things would get expensive really well, quickly, right? Yeah. So the the first reason was that I already had one. So when I sold the old agency, mm. I didn't that none of the old um, employees of that agency went to the new company that I sold it to. Just the clients did, right? I retained. There was only three employees that were in the UK for the agency, but I retained all of the employees underneath me, even though I didn't have a business for them to really go on. Like I have my affiliate sites they could work on, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but I've written, so I then decided I'm gonna have to do something with them kind of thing. So I, and I kind of seen the space for link building opening up and things. So I just thought let's uh, turn, let's shift this office that was already productive, that already had all of this uh, stuff and already had this unity and teamwork together and things and just shift it straight to another business. And it also gives them a bit more morale. So essentially they've gone from having all of this work to do to nothing, to essentially having like a massive big new business and project that they can really yeah, dive true. into and get their teeth into and stuff. So I thought that would be a, a really good idea. And it, it wasn't that expensive anyway. Um, and all the guys were contractors. So I didn't, I didn't actually have any employees. 
They were all just mm. contractors, so that I didn't have to pay because in the don't get employees in the UK. That is the number one. Thing oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, legally, like, pain you're, in the ass. you're stuck like, with them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. what your your retirement fund? You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to be negative in any of your feedback or your reviews to them, and you're not allowed to be negative if, if you fire them to a new employee. So if you if you if they give you a reference and the new employer phones you, you cannot be negative on the phone to them, which is just what like it's just mind-boggling um, so a lot of people refuse yeah. to give reviews don't they Re refuse to give references oh, yeah, it's, because it's, of this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly it's insane and then you've also got the uh public liability insurance your employee insurance your health and safety bullshit you have to, you have to do like fire drills and stuff like this <laughs> school it's mental like there's just i totally forgot about that i totally yeah, it's yeah. crazy and like I was like 20, you know, like 20, 20, 21. And like having to do all of this stuff just took me away from actually doing the business, you know. And as well, I had the health stuff on top of it as well. Like it, it was such a nightmare. Um, and I really did want to get rid of the, yeah, it, it was it, it, like I, I didn't try to let myself get overwhelmed because I wanted to keep, you know, cool head, cool minded, the whole thing. But internally, I'm like, I want to burn this place to the ground. Like it was, just, it's it's just a massive pain in the ass to, to deal with. Like I, I I give full credit to like people who are managers because I I cannot be a manager. Like I just I blow up at people. Like I just find it really difficult to handle managing and talking to people. And like I don't know the the amount of times I've had to just call myself down it's way too way too much to deal with that stuff so i prefer having a team that's a lot more uh a lot smaller a lot calmer a lot easier to control i know them on an individual basis rather than having you know i think at the peak we had like 80 different people that i was having to speak to and manage and stuff you know what i mean which yeah, is just a, yeah. a nightmare yeah. yeah that's i mean the way that we get around it is like you know i have a layer of direct reports and then they'll have a layer of direct reports and it just sort of funnels down. So it's like, you yeah. know, nobody really has an, an insane number of people the, the to manage. The main issue I ran into was that, you know, if one of the managers would, so we, we had divisions and people managing the divisions, but then if one yeah. of the managers got sick or he went he had to go to hospital or something like that, then I'd have to manage that division, you know? So, <laughs> so it became this kind of- You had a link building for the day exactly yeah, you know yeah. but like but then some people would go out of work they have to take a five days off six days off you know yeah. and that's that takes a massive amount of time out of your day and there's nobody else that can replace them you know so it's like it's like this and so that's why i was trying to get team members that could be like uh, assistant managers but then it's mm. really hard if, if you are it's really hard to deal with people in the seo space when you have a manager and then you have this person that's not quite a manager he's, he's not really an employee he's kind of in the middle because they're always fighting for like the manager's job so it was mm. so it was it, it was this chaotic game of just dealing with things but it was, it was honestly it was just because it was too big i think if like it was it was one of those things where you scale beyond your capability, i was going to say right, where you need to scale it back like, and yeah. you you move so quickly didn't you like this i mean for exactly, us for example like, yeah. We, we've been doing it for five years just step by step we definitely weren't at 110k after the first month like it just it it, it takes i think that I, sort I, of I thing scaling people is back, one of the hardest bits yeah, yeah. If, if i'd gone back and i and i limited the sales to um a limit of number of these type of links per month or just an overall 100k a month 
cap on all orders, right? Number one, it probably would have made the scarcity go like crazy, right? Waiting list of months. Exactly, you know, right? Um, but also it would have just allowed it to be a lot more manageable because like like I said, the first month, I was like, oh shit, like, you know, we've mm. got to deliver so many links right now. And I've got to create all of these new things. And I've probably got to hire new people to add on to this because we can't realistically manage. Because that the, the first month that we opened, we had four of us in the UK. And then maybe I think it was two, two VAs or three VAs or something, right? And we've got to deliver $110,000 links plus the next month's links that are already coming in, right? So like it's it was just mental. never ended. Like we had to scale it exactly. So I, I honestly think going back, um, adding in that that cap would have been beneficial from a marketing standpoint and from a, a, a scaling and capability standpoint. Yeah, that's real scarcity. Like not just um, you know the the stuff you see where people are saying, "Oh, wait, we've got a waiting list," and then you jump straight on the next week. Like, yeah, exactly. that, that from a marketing perspective, that would probably work really well. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just conscious of your time. Like, what if people want to get in touch with you? How would they do so? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Charles underscore SEO. You can go on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Charles And I also have SEO training and courses and consultancy at charleswoke.gumroad.com. Yeah, you have like a massive following on Gumroad, right? Especially for SEO. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I'm like the number one SEO guy on Gumroad by a margin as well. I think, it's pretty good going. Right? Yeah, congrats. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> and um, as well, I know that we did, the consulting session together as well is that something you still do for because there's probably a lot of agencies that listen to this or yeah yeah so yeah. I, I do a lot of uh, agency consultancy right because i've been there done that now yeah, yeah. <laughs> two times over um and just because I've, I've spoken and kind of been in-house with so many agencies pre before the pandemic like pre-pandemic which is a horrible term um, i used to go to a lot of agencies offices in the UK and in Canada I went to quite a few as well and I did in-person consultancy sessions and this was in like 2014 2015 2016 Um, and it gave me a massive insight because that was when a lot of these agencies were really taking off so I was able to go in and improve a lot of the individual things and just tell them here you're going wrong here you're going wrong here so it's given me quite an ability to kind of instantly see what's wrong with an agency just by walking the door kind of thing you know <laughs> it's, it's quite, quite quite yeah it's good it's uh, good to learn to different do. things yeah. as well definitely that's awesome yeah well thanks very much for coming on the show really appreciate it yep no worries thank you for having me as well and i appreciate it all right cheers thanks for listening to this episode of seo link building with julian goldie Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to boost your SEO rankings, drive more traffic, and land more customers with link building, book a call with Julian today at juliangoldie.com.